back to lesson two. We're sure glad that you decided to join us. If you volunteered this week to host a group in your home, maybe volunteered to bring the refreshments, or maybe even decided to facilitate the discussion, we're sure thankful that you decided to do that. I know that your host is thankful for sure. Now, if you haven't had an opportunity to do that yet, I would encourage you today to sign up. Maybe open up your home and have the group, bring a refreshment, or even facilitate the discussion. That would be a great thing for you to do. Now, every week we would like to offer a tip on how to run your group. This week, let's talk about being courteous. You've probably noticed from last week that there are some people that don't seem to have much to say and are quiet. There are other people that seem to have a lot to say and maybe chime in on every question. Let me talk to that second group for a minute. If you find that you've had a lot to say last week or maybe jumped in on every single question, I would encourage you in this lesson to slow it down a little bit, maybe answer, answer every other question or just take the temperature in the room and see how often you should respond. We wanna draw out some of the folks that didn't have a chance to join in on the discussion and we wanna make this a good experience for everyone. If you are tempted as soon as the question is asked and somebody doesn't respond and you wanna jump right in there, you know what, count to 10. Count to 20. Count to a thousand if you have to and give other people an opportunity to share. Now, if you haven't had a chance to share, your group might be too big. What I would encourage you to do is watch the video together and then subgroup throughout the house. Break up into even smaller groups of three, four, five people and do the questions together. These aren't difficult questions. We're not gonna give you a failing or a passing grade on your answers. It's just a matter of getting together and everybody having a chance to get the word in. We hope you enjoy this lesson and God bless you. Today, we're talking about Jesus' death. Now, obviously, this is an important moment in the lives of believers because this is when Jesus took the punishment that we deserved. This is the punishment that we should have gone through because of our separation from God. We see Jesus dying an incredible painful death, and crucifixion was probably the most humiliating and excruciating form of torture ever invented by mankind. Jesus was beaten and whipped with a cat of nine tails, with long leather straps held together, um, with pieces of glass and bone and metal on the ends. There was a crown of thorns that was beaten into his brow, and spikes driven through his hands and his feet. In fact, Jesus was unable to breathe as he would have hung on the cross. He would have had to put his full body weight on the nail piercings in his feet to grasp, to get a, to gasp a breath of air again and again. Now, I think there's a tendency to focus on the physical pain as the most significant element of the crucifixion of Christ. But what I take away from this suffering that Jesus endured has more to do with how he demonstrated his extreme love for you and me by the amount of pain that he went through. Let me explain it this way. My wife and I have been married for almost 19 years now. And back in 2011, I decided to use a unique skill set that I have developed to make my wife a valentine. I learned how to shoot and edit video during my years as a youth pastor. And, and back in college, I learned how to play the guitar so back in 2011, I decided to make her a romantic music video for Valentine's Day. And then I decided to do it again in 2012 and in the years following. I mean, for the past 11 years now, I've put together videos for Valentine's. And let me tell you, 
It's a lot of work and a lot of pressure. What started out as a simple video has become a production. I mean, I have to find a song to sing. I've got to figure out how to play the song, learn the lyrics. Then I have to figure out what, what would be interesting to video. Is there a story to tell in the song? On top of that, I've got to figure out camera angles and lighting. I started using my children in the videos, and I learned that child actors are not easy to work with. It is a lot of work. Now, if I were to express my love in a simpler fashion, would we still be every bit as married? If I brought my wife flowers and we slow danced to a song in the kitchen, would she still receive love and appreciation on that day if I offered my wife a less complicated Valentine? Yes, the answer is yes. But I wanted to go all out in the way that I was going to show her that I loved her so much that I would do all this stuff that was elaborate, even over the top. Now, Jesus, he has us all beat. Think about it. Jesus could have come at another moment in time and suffered in a different way and still died for our sins. I mean, what if he had decided to come when the most prevalent form of capital punishment was a firing squad or beheading? Or what about hanging or even stoning, which was prevalent in that day? Let me say this, if Christ had chosen another way to die, his death would still have been enough to pay for our sins, but yet far less painful. In fact, in all of human history, crucifixion was only used for 100 years. It actually existed as a form of capital punishment, but yet that is precisely the time when he decided to come and pay for our sins. Out of his extreme love for us, he chose the whip and he chose the crown of thorns and the cross and the nails. Christ wasn't just taking the easiest way to die that you and I deserve. He decided to come when it was at its worst to show us that he loves us the most. To me, it's often easy to get caught up in all the details of what happened that day or, or, or just exactly how Jesus died. Those images from the movie, The Passion of the Christ, that come to mind. Let me tell you that the greatest lesson from Christ's death has nothing to do with the terrible pain he suffered. The more important question is not how Jesus died, but rather why Jesus died. In reading Luke 23, verse 27, the Bible says, And there followed him a great multitude of the people, of the women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. Now, that's striking to me because Jesus has a, has a beaten and bloody body. An, another man is carrying the cross because he's too weak. But yet Jesus still stops and he looks at the women who are, who are along the side of the road and he says, don't weep for me. I would think this is an event worth crying over. After all, he's an innocent man and, he's, and all he's done is heal the sick, give sight to the blind, raise the dead. And not only that, He's God's son, and, and look, look at how he's being treated. Jesus told them not to weep for him because he knew that before long, their city and their nation would be destroyed because of how they had rejected him. He saw time down the road that was far worse than what he was going through at that moment when he was dying. Now, now that wasn't the first time he tried to give a bigger perspective to someone concerning his death. On the night that, of Jesus' arrest, Peter tried to defend Jesus with a sword, but Jesus said, put your sword back in its place. Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you not think that I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal 
more than 12 legions of angels. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Then on the cross, he told one of the thieves hanging beside him. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus's thoughts went beyond his misery and he focused on his mission. Jesus didn't want the pain, but he did want to pay for our sins. He was thinking about our tomorrows while, while the people around him, and sometimes you and I, we tend to focus only on what's happening that day. At one point, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I sacrifice it voluntarily. Like those women along the side of the road, I don't believe that Christ wants us to be sorry for his death as much as he wants us to be sorry for our sins. I think he wanted us to know that he is still in control in the middle of the greatest tragedy in all of human history. If somehow you and I miss him somewhere in our own lives or when we look around at the creation and the universe and, and we see all the glory of what he's made, even if it, in all that stuff we still missed him, he was saying in this moment, you can't miss this great expression of my love for you. And that while you and I were sinners, Christ died for us. Hebrews 12, 2 says, says this, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You and I were the joy that was set before him. In spite of all our flaws and our mistakes and our mess-ups, he loves us so much that he gave his life. He died for you and me.